0: says that there is nothing that you can do that would make him love you more. There is also nothing you can do that would make him love you less. He loves you because he loves you. 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 Because that is what he is like, it is his nature to love and you will always be the beloved and his love is unchanging and he loves you a hundred percent, he won't love you any better when you become better, he loves you a hundred percent right now. And even if you have no plans to become better, he will still love you 100%. Because he loves you, because that's the way that he is. And even if you don't want to change, he will love you 100%. Even if you have no plans to walk with him, he will love you 100%. Because that's his nature. He loves all the way all the time. His love is unchanging. What will change, says the Lord, is your ability to receive my love. And this evening, I want to cram some more. Can
1: you me out there? God bless you today. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Let's stand and give God praise today. He is worthy. Amen. Do you believe God is worthy and God is good all the time? Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you. In your light, I find my strength. And in your truth, I overcome And in your praise I
2: lose myself For in your love You've turned my tears of sadness Into such joy and gladness My heart can't keep it And I'm shouting, shouting You've turned my tears of sadness Into such joy and gladness My heart can't keep it Shout it, shout Oh, yeah, we shout for you, God. In your joy, I find my strength, and in your hope I overcome, and in your grace. joy and gladness. my heart can keep it in. I'm shouting, shouting, you my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness.
1: Lord, we thank you for freedom. God, just make us free, God, today. We thank you, Lord. That we can worship you in spirit and in truth, God.
2: God is free, you came to bring us liberty, my sin and my rejection, your blood and my acceptance.
1: It's always like springtime with you Making all things new Your light is
2: breaking through the dark It's always like sweeter than wine Bringing joy, bringing life Your hope is rising like the dawn This is what you do, this is what you do You make. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do, this is what you do You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do for the first time I'm finally for the first time it's like I'm living for the first time I'm finally living for the first time it's like I'm living for the first time I'm finally living for the first time it's like I'm moving for the first
1: to share this. A few weeks ago, um, Bryce was invited to speak at this association's annual conference. And it was at the Four Seasons Resort in, in Dallas. Of course, he asked me to tag along, and I was like, sure. And the association, they paid for our rooms, I mean, we don't have a habit of staying at the Four Seasons otherwise. And I've been there before because he, he goes every year to this conference. And um, I was, I, this place is amazing. I mean, it's like you're in a whole nother, I mean, you're in Texas and it's hot. But it's just like heaven on earth to me. I mean, everything is five star. And they just have people waiting on you and just, Bryce had gotten sunburned and they were out of aloe vera. So they sent someone to the Safeway next door And came and delivered it to our room I mean that's the kind of service And I was just getting ready one morning And I was just like this is so much fun Especially since it's on someone else's dime You know I mean we were staying there On someone else's dime And I remember the days When Bryce and I first got married And we went on vacation And Cade was a baby And we stayed at the cheapest hotels we could find. I mean, we had very little money, but we were so proud of going on this family vacation. I remember the hotel we stayed at, I put Cade down to crawl, and his hands and his knees turned black, and I was just horrified. So I asked the front office for sheets, and I covered the entire room with sheets so that Cade could crawl on clean floors. And I was just thinking of the difference from then to now at the Four Seasons, but we weren't paying for it, but Jesus said, I've called you to live a Four Seasons life, and you know what? It's on his dime. It's on his dime, and you know what? If you've never stayed at the Four Seasons, then the Motel 6 or the Super 8, it may be okay, but once you get a taste of the Four Seasons life, you become that's the kind of life we were made to live. And I'm not talking about, you guys, I'm not talking about finances. Just, just finances, okay? We're over here in Motel 6 in our health. And God, Jesus paid the price for us to live a Four Seasons life of health. We're over here living a motel six life with relationships with family. And Jesus paid the price. It's on his dime that we can have a four seasons life. Relationships. And if you've never stayed at the four seasons, I know it may be hard to grasp, but I'm telling you, this is an amazing place. They come, they they clean your room twice a day. They come in. They turn your bed down. They have chocolates on the pillow. They open the blinds. They shut the blinds for you. I mean, they bring you breakfast. It is, like, amazing. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And I was blessed to be able to stay there, just lay by the pool where my husband went to meetings, okay? I mean, I don't get to do that very often, but it was amazing. And I was just like, Jesus paid the price. It's on his dime that you have been called to live that kind of life. Yes, in finances, but in so much more. On His dime, on His dime, do you understand that it's not by anything that you could do, not by anything, any good works that you could do. It's on His dime that He paid the price so that you could live a life, a Four Seasons life. He makes all things new. God has not called us to live a life where we have to put sheets on the floor so our babies don't get dirty. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This is what this song is about. He makes all things new. You make us come alive. You make us come alive. His son died. He paid the ultimate price so that we can live a life of abundance and fullness on this earth. The world is looking for people who have something different to offer. Money doesn't buy you happiness. I was around filthy rich people that weekend. And I know a lot of them were unhappy. But I was just so happy that it was on someone else's diamond. I was enjoying it. And I was just full of of, uh, peace and joy. And just, I don't know the words, but just happiness because I knew that Jesus had paid the price that we can live this kind of life every day. Amen. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's on his dime. It's on his dime that we are called to live a life of abundance in every area of our lives. Amen. Let's go ahead.
3: Well, the Lord had already given me something that's so along what Tatum's doing. And he said, I'm going to sing it, okay? I've got more than you can think about. And I've got more where that came from. I've got more anointing, more provision. I've got more for you and you. And you, I'm sending forth a train today, it stops right here, this is the train to grow up spiritually, and you must decide you want to ride this train. For I'll take you into realms you didn't know existed I'll take you to the heavenlies and show you things on earth I'll take you to my throne room and let you see my angels You see I have so much for you and yet you live Motel Six in that dimension it's where your mind is you gotta take your mind out of Motel Six and transfer it to I don't even know the name
1: four seasons
3: four seasons Lord I thank you Lord I thank you Lord he says that train is stopping right here And it will take the passengers that really want to go Because so many of my people, they don't really want to go They just want the status quo, they don't really want to go But if you'll come and get on this train, I'll take you faster than the rain I'll show you things you cannot see right now, but they've been there all the time. I'll take you if you'll just hold my hand and ride this train with me. I'm stopping here for everyone that wants to go with me. Wow! I just say, I'm going, Lord, don't leave me behind, don't leave me in a mentality of lack, I wanna go to the whole shebang, I wanna get the whole thing that you have, I want it all, Lord, I want it all, Lord. I want it all, Lord I am taking you To a realm beyond the sky A realm, oh, a realm Where you can see The things I have for you Everything up here and you're down here so what do you do you catch my train you catch my train that just stopped here and let me take you don't try to go by yourself let me take you to a supernatural
4: Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. You know, everything that we do, we look back and we say, you know, how can we take this and bring this to the Word of God? And it says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.15, it says, He died for all so that we may no longer live for themselves. See, there's two things you can live for. You can live for yourself or you can live for Him. you got a choice. And He's, he's not going to make you live for Him. But it's a choice that you make, but he goes on and he says, he says, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, and although we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him in this way no longer. And verse 17, and this is where he's talking about you. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away and the new things have come. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. He's saying, you know what? Hey, I've I, I been in that place of where you were in, uh, I, the Bible calls it Lodabar. You were, you were, you you came out of that place of uh, of filth or yuck or mire or muck, and then he brings you out. And see, you don't understand who you are. You might be able to say, well, that's really nice, but I like the Motel 6. But God says, you know what? I've, I'm not putting down Motel 6. Don't get me wrong today. But what Jesus Christ died for is for us not to be the old man, but to be the new man, to be created in the image and the likeness of him and to walk in that. In verse 18, he says, Now all these things are from God. Who reconciled us through him, through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation? Namely, that God was in Christ reconcil- reconciling the world to himself, not counting their transgressions or sins against them, and he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. And he goes on and he says, Therefore, because of that, we are ooh, ambassadors. Oh, come on, somebody. Look, say, turn to somebody and say, if you're in the kingdom, say, you're an ambassador. You're a child of the most high God. You know, it's like, wait a minute. So he said, you know what he's saying today? I heard, get on the train. Get out of Bar, Come on out of the dark place and into the light place. Come on out into the low way of living and step into the highway of living in Jesus. Let's give him some praise today. He is worthy. Hallelujah.
2: New. Things new, you make all things new, you make things new. You make me come alive, you make me come alive,
1: you make me come alive. This is what you do, this is what you do. You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do. You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do. You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do. What you do, this is what you do. You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do. You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do.
4: A new spark. I'm putting some some uh, accelerator, fluent, uh, fluid on the problem, and all of a sudden, those things that needed to be burned up are being burned up, and that you step into a place. God, just put your hand on your heart this morning, and we just release God's goodness upon your life today. We just release, Lord God, His love for you. We thank you, Lord God, that He loves you and He cares for you so very much. And the difficulty in which you're going through today, God says, I'm going to bring you out. He's making a way where there is no way. He says, always take the right turn in the road. Always be led and guided by my spirit, says the Lord. To be able to get onto the train, to be able to come out of those places. You thought today that you couldn't walk out, but today you know that there is a way. There is a path. There is a way. And it's for the kingdom of heaven that you begin to walk in. Begin to look to the light because He is in the light. Begin to walk in the light because He is in the light begin to come out of those dark areas and into the light and the light exposes the light reveals not to not to make fun of you not to put you down but to let you know the path that you're on and to head in the direction to bring healing i pray for healing right now over your physical bodies over your mental and emotional needs right now as we connect to a loving living god right now in jesus name Let's connect to God this morning. Let's just connect to His love this morning. Let's just step into a place. Put aside everything else, everything else that's going on this afternoon, and let's just take this moment right now for Him in Jesus' name.
5: Spirit seems to be hammering the, the knowledge and the, and the uh, gift of newness of life. Um, I was given a word and a, a passage to give. The word is, I didn't gather you to me to leave you where you are. I gathered you to me so that you would be alive. And not only alive, but I want to change your nature so that you will be a living people by nature, no longer a dead people by nature. And I'd like to read the passage that it was given along with it, which is uh, Romans 6. Four through eleven. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we will no longer be slaves to sin. For who who for he who has died is freed from sin now if we have died with christ we uh, believe that we shall also live with him knowing that christ has been raised from the dead is never to die again death no longer is master over him for the death that he died he died to sin once for all but the life that he lives he lives to god even so consider yourselves to be dead to sin but alive to god in christ jesus
4: come on that ought to make somebody shout or something in this place hallelujah
6: Thank you father you are worthy you are worthy to receive all glory and all honor you are worthy you're worthy father father we want to walk as your sons and daughters we want to walk in the full inheritance that you've given us. I feel like I'm just going to share this later but I feel like now you know we're doing 40 days. Pastor Eric ministered wednesday night and he was talking about our words and it just ignited inside of me and i grabbed a hold of it it was like 40 days i didn't know anything about joy i hadn't watched joyce meyer but i guess she's got a lot out on your words but the holy spirit same holy spirit and he's challenging challenging us with our words You know, sometimes we can get in a habit. And I believe He's called us during this 40 day of watching our words, but to listen to what we're saying. I believe the key word is listening today. Listen. Listen to what your words are saying. Are they a gift to others? Our words should be a gift to others. Are our words a gift? Are our words a gift to others? Our words create our world. Our words empower us. Our words have power. So on this is day four. we really listening to what we're saying out of our mouths and are those words gifts to others are they life to others are they life to us are they life? it's amazing when you absolutely decide to listen you know something happened Wednesday night I mean Wednesday nights have been awesome you know you have you have an amazing pastor and I'm not just partial because he's my husband and sometimes we can take things for granted because day after day you have him but he's amazing the gifting that is inside of him the passion for god don't take the gift for granted That's on the inside of him. It's not Eric. It's the gift of God inside of him. And Wednesday nights are awesome too. So God is, He is grabbing a hold of us and He's saying, Because I love you so much, because I want you to go from the Motel 6 to the Four Seasons. Part of it is your words. My words. He's giving us a key to... And he's highlighting it. He's highlighting our words to say, What are you going to create? I've empowered you to have these awesome words, the ability to speak, and to create with your words. And we have the power to create good and bad with what comes out it's up to us see it's up to us what we're creating so today all I want you to do over the next 40 days because I don't want it to just be 40 days and then you're like okay I'm done with that but I want it to be a life changing 40 days of listening don't listen to others you just listen to you this is about self-focus on you because we're not here to point out what everybody else is saying wrong because that, that becomes a critical spirit. We're here to go, I want to look in the mirror and I want the reflection back to be God. The reflection that others see to be Christ-like. Is it going to be easy Hey, you guys, is it going to be easy? Is anything worth having easy? So the next 36 36 days... Pastor Eric says you can start wherever you're at, just start. (laughs) We can have a continual 40 days. How's that? So this morning, as just god's precious presence is here let's just listen and let our words be life let our words be love let our words be life-giving love-giving and a gift every time i open my mouth it needs to empower others have we created words of sarcasm sometimes have we it's just a you know I know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus but we have to do self self evaluation to say how's my life going he still wants us just like one of them said he doesn't want us to stay the same Robert He do not want us to stay. He brings us into salvation, not to stay, but to move from there to here. And part of that process is what we're speaking. God created everything with his words. Guess what? We're his kids. So he's empowered us. So what's the word? Listen. Listen to what you're saying and let it be different go wow okay when it's not just go okay that wasn't good okay now the next ones are gonna be don't beat yourself up over every time you're it's not just when you start paying attention to listen that's when every time you take a step to go okay i i heard that now it's going to be different oh whoops that one was okay I heard it see what's happening is we're not hearing it we've just become into this habit of just speaking however we want to speak so it's going to make you aware of what you're saying so that then you can go okay I heard that I'm going to step over on God's side that every word be a gift amen so right now I just want you to prepare your tithes and offerings I'm going to do something different here but I need my my phone there, buddy. Second Corinthians chapter six.
3: Well, I had it pulled up.
2: away
6: well my grandson played a game on it so (laughs) it's give generously and if you sow sparingly you reap sparingly chapter 9 I don't know how it got changed to 6 but it did This morning as I was thinking about tithes and offerings, this is what the Lord shared with me. I was thinking about the word G, so I was listening. Giving generously empowers us to gather together so we can influence our community greatly with God's kingdom and fulfill the plans and purposes he has for each one of us. Giving generously empowers us to gather together so we can influence our community greatly with God's kingdom and fulfill the plans and purposes he has for each one of us. So right now, I just want you to prepare your tithes and offerings and know that God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. Did you know that? And he's given seed to the sower. So... Just stand to your feet, and let's pray over our giving this morning. Father, we love you, and we praise you. We thank you for your precious presence, your anointing this morning. We thank you that we can come, and Lord, you want us, you love us, and you want us to go from salvation to really seeing ourselves seated in heavenly places. Having the full authority that you've given us and walking it out as your sons and daughters, the full inheritance. And Lord, I just thank you for every family that's here today. I thank you that you love a cheerful, prompt, willing person that has a heart to say, I want to sow generously. I want to give generously. Because God, you've created this spiritual law, this spiritual principle that when we release, it comes back. And it comes back greater than than what we had in our hands. It's your spiritual principle. And God, we stand on that. We bless our families today. We thank you for every one of them. We release your blessings upon them. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness upon their lives. We love you and we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. After you give, the kids can be released. continue on. I just need to give you a quick update on Crystal. She is still um, in the hospital. She went in last Monday. Can you hear me? Okay, thank you guys. Praise the Lord. Update on Crystal. She went in last Monday. Um, She's... Progressing slowly, but she did last yesterday start having more seizures. So, the doctor's words are they're going to knock her out tonight with medications because they want to see if the seizures are from sleep deprivation because she's not been sleeping good at all. So, we're going to help her sleep, hopefully, prayerfully. So, we can see if the seizures will cease. Amen. So, let's... Just continue to pray for her, and as we await the arrival of baby
4: Zane, amen. Wow, turn to your neighbor and say, we're glad you're here, because my seat would be empty next to me if you weren't. <laughs> and they're like, well, there's a, there's a few around. We are just honored and blessed to be here. Today is the day that the Lord has made, amen? He wants to rejoice and, and be glad in it. Um, Rich Lazetti Rich, I'm going to ask you to come on up and just share. Rich is, Rich is traveling around. He's with Straight Ahead Ministries, and I just wanted to take a few minutes. Let's give him a warm Woodward welcome for being here. He's like ready in season and out rich rich was like pastor i didn't know you were going to do this but um what i want him to do is is kind of share what he's seeing what's going on he travels around with the detention centers and stuff like that and really does an amazing job and he and his wife are here and we just want to honor you guys and if you will just take a few minutes and and just kind of share what god's doing thank you
7: Uh, we're glad to be here okay we're glad to be here uh we are from connecticut we come out we come out every summer. This is, this is actually our fifth summer here in Woodward. Uh, this was one of the first places we came. The first year we had four juvenile facilities that we visited to minister to the kids. This year we have 16. Uh, it's, a bu- it's a busy summer. God, God has opened a lot of doors and he's opened a lot of hearts for us. And, uh, I don't know, we've already seen 150 kids or something. Um, kids come to us voluntarily in the facilities, and we've seen almost every kid in every f- facility. And we, we specifically seek out the smaller ones, um, 10 beds, six beds out in Hooker, a um, couple of bigger places. Back home in Connecticut, we have two places. One holds about 125, and the other one holds almost 800 kids in lockup. I hate to say it, but my home state locks up more kids than the rest of New England together. Um, out here, we're seeing good things. We were telling Pastor Eric earlier that this year, we have seen more kids who are coming to us in lockup who have been memorizing scripture, reading their Bibles, asking Christ into their lives. We offer them that opportunity, and a lot of kids are, are asking God into their lives. They want to be changed they need your prayers. Uh, they need your blessing upon them. Um, they're just kids. But they're kids who've made bad mistakes. We all know about making mistakes. Because uh, otherwise we wouldn't be here right now seeking God. So, um, gosh, I don't know what to say. It's, it's an awesome ride. Um, there's more going on in our lives, too. We've been praying for rain for Oklahoma uh, <laughs> since last year, and uh, we've we've actually brought water with us to water the land. We brought stakes to drive scripture verses into the land while we're out here. I got them in my trunk, and uh, we love Oklahoma. Thank you.
4: Let's give him a great big round of applause. I appreciate all that you guys do. Just stretch your hands towards the altar. Father, we thank you for Rich, and we thank you for Straight Ahead Ministries, and you just continue to bless and open up doors that maybe man may close, but you'll open up those doors right now. Continue to bless and strengthen him right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give Connecticut another great big round of applause. Thank you very much. Bless you. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you like a challenge? Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, "Do you like a challenge so we're going to I'm going to kind of tag on to what Pastor Shelley had talked a little bit about, and I want to talk a little bit about. Empowerment, and we've been talking about empowerment, and you know, the, the this month is grace and empowerment. We've talked about family, we've talked about honor, we've talked about worship and valuing His presence. We've talked about the goodness of God, and today I've got a couple different powerpoints for you. So we're going to talk a little bit about empowerment, Kate. If you're ready to go up there, we're we're ready to start empowerment. I want us to talk about a forty-day challenge. On Wednesday night, some of you that were here on Wednesday night, and Wednesday night just continues to grow. You know, we, we go from 40 to we go from 60 to we go from 80. We go from 90. We, we, we've been averaging probably around 90-plus on Wednesday nights. Um, I think we ought to be two or 300 on Wednesday night. Come on, somebody. So we're just learning and growing. Pastor Sean's doing a parenting class that's really been, been helping tremendously, a small group on that. We've been talking about empowerment. So let me, let, me, let me give you the definition of empowerment. Empowerment literally means to give official authority or legal power to. In other words, if somebody empowers you, they can give you legal. You've heard of the power of attorney that you might have POA and that you're actually giving legal authority to. That word empowerment comes from the word empower. Say empower. And we had talked a little bit about that word empower literally means to entitle. It means to authorize. It means to permit. It also means to license or commission. So we want to empower. We, God wants to empower us. It also means to qualify you or enable you. How many of you know I'm not qualified to be here? I'm not qualified to be a minister of Jesus Christ but in and of myself, but it's Jesus who qualifies me for this. Can I get an amen? If you understand what I'm saying, there's times we're like, you know, I just don't feel... Like I'm qualified. God will equip you. He will call you and He will equip you. And we're going to talk a little bit about the equipping and the calling here in just a few minutes. We began to look at empowering and we took a look at the word in the Hebrew. And it literally means to give charge. To give charge. That Hebrew word, tazva, it literally means to uh, constitute or to enjoy. It literally means to give charge to. And then we began to look at the word command, because that's what it means in the Hebrew. So when God had the commandments, they were not just laws. They were to empower you to be able to do things that you couldn't do before. Can I get an amen? So when we begin to look at that word empower, so how does God empower us? How does he empower us? Does he all of a sudden drop something down from heaven? We began to look at Joshua. And we saw how Moses was... Joshua was empowered by Moses. We saw how God empowered Moses by his words. Everybody say words. So the question I ask you is, how does the Lord empower you? How does the Lord empower you? Next slide, Cade. There, there you go. How does the Lord empower you? He empowers you by his words. By words. See, we, Wednesday night, we talked a little bit about, you know that saying that we've all heard? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You know what I mean? You can call me all you want to, but it's not going to hurt me. And But you know what? That is such a lie. In fact, we are we are dealing society for generations with words that are spoken over us by other people and even words that are spoken yourself over yourself and to other people. So we're not doing this to condemn you. We're doing this to say, wait a minute, let's take a look at this. How do we realize that? Because our society has gotten loose with words. We talked about Facebook and how people can put stuff on Facebook they wouldn't normally tell you face to face. We talked about texting or YouTube videos or whatever. People will do things and put it on there that they wouldn't normally do. Come on, somebody. So, you know, I'm not saying Facebook is a bad thing. It's kind of like money. It's, it's what you use it for that's going to make a difference. We talked a little bit about the conversations and gossip and how people would say something under the auspices of, let's pray for this brother or sister, and then gossip about their life. Come on, those words hurt. Those words penetrate. Those things are out there. I, I know that there is scientifically and and if you look at quantum physics, everything's beginning to, it's, it's connected. There are words out there that they have picked up for Abraham Lincoln's inaugural speech that they've heard it in the atmosphere. So don't think you can say a word and it just fall on deaf ears. It's out there in the atmosphere and it continues to circulate. So the question is, is what are you circulating? Are you circulating some good words? Or are you circulating doubt and unbelief? we begin to start thinking about the cuss words that all of a sudden somebody can say a cuss word that to me 20 years ago it wasn't acceptable now they're saying well this is just everyday language i'm thinking really because there's what 170,000 words in the english vocabulary or 700,000 words in the or 7,000 words in the english vocabulary it's like can't we come up with another word than just use this word and then there's some people saying a word, a certain word is offensive to these people, and these people are okay with this word being offensive to them, but if they use the word themselves, it's not offensive. That offends me. I mean, how can it be offensive to somebody else? And then you say, well, it doesn't offend me if I can use it, or I'm only the one that gets to use it. So we've got, we've got a, a We've got our society coming to a place saying, you know what, you just say whatever you want to say and release whatever you want to release, and, and, and it'll be okay. I'm her to tell you, it's not okay. It's not okay for me, it's not okay for you, and it's definitely not what God wants in His Word. His words are important. This Word, the Word of God, is important. So, I stumbled into something as I was reading. Uh, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 4. I want us to look at verse 22. Because how many of us would say, we know what Jesus' words are? Were Jesus' words angry? Was it bitterness? Was it hatred? We can begin to look in the Bible and see what Jesus said. And in some Bibles, they actually print it in the red. I've, I've got uh, my Bible that actually has it in red. And those are Jesus' words. If Jesus was here today, what would we say about his words? Would he be dropping the F-bomb around? Well, what are you saying? Do you know what I'm getting at? Would he be condemning all of us? Well, you know, Pastor, you know, Jesus condemned the Pharisees. Who else did he condemn? Nobody. Why do we do that? We'll condemn somebody if they don't believe like us, look like us, act like us, don't come from the same country that we are, or isn't an American, or, or, or they may act a little bit different. We will begin to start condemning people. So what would you say what Jesus' words are? Do we know what Jesus' words are? Let's look at Luke chapter 4. I think I might have put that scripture up. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 22. Everybody there say, I'm there. If you're not, say, I'm not. And I'm going to say, I'm not. Now I'm there. This was, let me set the stage. Jesus was in the temple. He had come into a certain place, and he had gotten up, and he had read the scriptures in Isaiah, and he said, this is fulfilled in your hearing today. Now, they took exception to what Jesus had done. So, in verse 22, he says, and here's what the people were saying. What would they say about your words? <laughs> On Wednesday night, I was like, hey, it's going to get rough in here. We're going to kind of go, it's going to be rough and rocky, but I guarantee you, we'll come back out, amen? But is there, sometimes there's some turbulence, and sometimes you need to wake up! You're going to say, wait a minute, you're right. I'm creating my world with my words, and I've talked to people, and they're like, I don't like where I'm at right now, and they're going to have to do something different. Let's start by speaking it. So Jesus said this. This is what they said about Jesus' words. Everybody ready for this? In verse 22, it says, And they were speaking well of him, and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his Ha ha! Jesus! Were they words of anger, bitterness, hatred, condemnation? What's the Bible say? Everybody, what? I have that up there, right? Look at this. Look at the scriptures. Next slide, Kate. Look at this. The gracious words which were falling from his lips. Well, I want to be like Jesus. Well, stop using the F-bomb. Well, I want to be like Jesus. Well, stop putting down your neighbor. Well, I want to be, I want to do what Jesus did. You say you want to do what Jesus did, but you're not doing what Jesus did. His words were filled with grace. God's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor on your life. We've got to begin to start giving people grace-filled words. Does that mean, Pastor, you never tell anybody that they're doing anything wrong? No. 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 No, no, absolutely not. But there's a way that you might be able to do it that might be able to release grace on their life. And there are times where it's just like, you know what? We've got to be able to understand that when we speak, it creates something. How many of you have ever worked for somebody who was a manipulator? I would be, I want to be a motivator. You can motivate or you can manipulate. I want to be a motivator. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do it, man. You can do it. You can do it. Instead of saying, get out there, boy, and you get it, and you get it done now, and if you don't do it, you're fired. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. I mean, there's a lot of times where they're like, fine, I'll go now. But instead of saying, you know what, you can do it. Well, you know what, I messed it up. Cost the company money. Absolutely. There are times I've cost the company money, but I just didn't say, well, that's just the way it is. They just got a bunch of money does it matter? No. I was concerned about how can I do it? How can I begin to help and be an asset to the company? How can I be able to make a difference in the company? How can I be able to do it in a right way? How can I do it to be able to be be that to where the company makes money because when they make money, then they'll release grace on your life, and that's God's favor. You'll get a raise. You'll get a bonus. Come on, somebody. You'll be able to get those things because you're an asset to them. So how can we look at our words and how can we begin to do that? Did he pass out the Ephesians 4.29? Here's the 40-day challenge if you're up for a challenge. One more scripture before we get to that. Colossians four six says, Let your speech be always with what? Grace. As though seasoned with salt so that you will know how to respond to each person. Grace-filled words. If you saw anything today... You saw Jesus had grace-filled words. He began to speak good words. He began to speak encouraging words. They brought the adulterous woman to her, and they said, hey, according to the law, this woman's supposed to be stoned. He did not condemn her. Hello? He also didn't condone her actions and her behavior. He didn't say, oh, it's a, that, that's all right, sis. It, it'll be all right. You know, you just got caught in a real difficult situation and, you know, try not to do it again. He just looked and he said, you know what? He started writing in the sand. They started leaving. And he looked at her and his words were grace filled. He said, hey, where's your accusers? They've gone, master. He said, why don't you go do the same? Don't do this no more. I'm not going to condemn. They're not condemning you. I'm not condemning you. Are you with me? How many of you know that was more powerful when she walked away than I told you not to do it again? You done messed up on the law, Moses. We ought to stone you, but I'm not going to stone you today. Don't let me dip and don't do this one more time. Go. Are you with me? Jesus looked to be able to... Sit down there. Thank you, though. Jesus began to sit there, and and he began to write in the the, the sand, and he began to put grace-filled words into her life. And you know what he did? He empowered her not to do it again. Oh, come on, somebody. He empowered her not to do it again. Stephen, he didn't hold it over her. How many of you know when Peter... Jesus told Peter, you're going, to me- you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, oh, no, Lord, I'm not going to deny you three times. I mean, I'm the one. I'm the man. I'll protect you. I'm not going to deny you. By the time the, crow- the rooster crows, you're going to have denied me. And Jesus never came back to Peter. The Bible doesn't record that he came back to Peter and said, Pete, I want to build my church on you. But you messed up. You messed up a while back, so I'm sorry, Pete. You're out. Open up the hatch door. Peter's gone. James, who's next? They'd be going, uh, not me, Lord. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, not me. Are you with me? So begin to understand that Jesus' words were grace-filled words. What he did do to Peter is he never reminded him of that. Uh Uh-oh. Isn't that hard? Yeah, that's hard. It's hard for me not to remind somebody if they've messed up. But he went over to Pete and he said, look, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell is not going to prevail against it. And Peter, you're the rock. You're the rock I'm going to build it on. I was thinking what went through Peter's mind. Uh, Lord, don't you know that I'm not worthy? Don't you know, Lord, that I I messed up? Don't you know, Lord, that uh, maybe you ought to use John or James or... Lord, don't you know? I don't know. You know aren't we that way? What well, what Jesus did when he spoke to Peter, he empowered him with his words. What are you empowering? What are you empowering? What are you empowering with your words? Ephesians 4.29, we've handed out to you a list. These are different versions of Ephesians 4.29. We I told you Wednesday, I told those of you that were here Wednesday that I would give you a list of these. And I'm fulfilling my powerful words that I gave you on Wednesday night to be able to say these are the ones. If you'll go through and just look at those, that's the 40-day challenge. Now, like some of us, we started on Wednesday night. We're already in day four. But you can start today. You can start tomorrow. What about if you started tomorrow? And here's what Shelley was, we, we, were, we were discussing this. We need to listen to ourselves because there are times where we can pray and believe God for something, but our words may cancel what we're believing God for, and you just don't hear it. Do you know what I mean? Our words, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's here? You can be like a Pharisee and have your words and candy coat things, but what's really going on in your heart? And that's all we're asking you. We're challenging you to say, is there something you could do different in this situation? Our kids would spill a glass of milk, and I was taught, what's the matter with you? You spilled that milk? Oh, man. And my mom would go get the rag and clean it up. And then I thought, why are we doing that? Because she didn't empower me to make my mess and clean up my mess. She empowered me to be like a puppy that was just beaten, that if I made my mess, she was going to yell at me, but she'd clean it up. So how did it empower me when my kids spilt the milk and I said, oh, gosh, that's okay. There's a rag in the kitchen in the bottom drawer. Go clean it up. Well, no, I'm a good mother. I'm cleaning up the milk for them. Well, what do you do when they're 30? Do you know what I mean? And they bought a brand new car, and it's being repossessed. You go clean up the, you know, I'll make, let me make the payment for you. It ain't happening in my household. I'll say, well, there's a broom and a mop. <laughs> go get a second job and pay for the car that you just financed. Come on, somebody. So we've got to begin to understand that God wants to empower us with our words. We empower others with our words. Today, who are you empowering? Will you take the 40-day challenge? And whether it's going to be 40 days from now and 40 days after 40 days, it'll be another 40 days, it'll be 80 days, hundred twenty 20 days. There's a guy that wrote a book. He said it takes 21 days to change a habit six months to own it in other words if i have a habit of the trash can being over here and i'm taking the trash i throw it over there and shelly decides the trash can is going to be over here for almost 21 days or even six months i'm going to this spot and going oh the trash can not there oh i throw it over here well I, let me get the trash let me get the trash but it, oh gosh it's not over there do you, do you understand this is how we are with our minds this is how we are with our hearts so when we say you're a child of the most high god you're going huh I gave my life to Jesus. I'm at the cross. But we say we want you to walk in your life and understand where you're seated in the throne with Him, that you are seated with Him in heavenly places. When I begin to start looking at that and go, wait a minute, I am that, then I gravitate towards what I look at. I gravitate towards what I look at. If I want to get out of debt, you start working on getting out of debt. Guess what you'll gravitate toward? Debt freedom. You will, and it won't be long. You'll be going. <laughs> that person doesn't have to call me at two o'clock in the morning and say, "Give me my money." Are you with me? We begin to start understanding we're children of the Most High God, and we. You may have to tell yourself, "I'm a child of the King." I'm not down here, I'm up here. I'm not over here, I'm over here. I'm not on the other side, out. But I'm in the light, and I'm moving towards the light. I'm moving in his goodness. I'm moving in his grace. I'm moving in grace-filled words. So when something comes against you, you go, Oh, God, why me again? You, You don't go that way. You just say, What? Me? Eh. I'm going to step over that thing. See you later. And you walk out of bondage. You walk out of addictions. You walk out of those things that have held you back. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, hatred. It just doesn't have to be a physical thing that can hold you back. It can be an emotional, mental thing that's holding you back. And God says, look, I don't want you to be down here. I want you to be up here. So when a situation comes to us, I can look at it from down there. (laughs) Oh, look how huge that mountain is. Or I can go and look at it from up here and go, eh, nothing but a thing, no big thing. And I move forward in my life. A lot of times we get so stuck looking back that we can't move into our future. And God has something for you, so I'm I'm asking you to take the 40-day challenge. I gave that to you to go home, look at those read, those, read those. We found out Wednesday that my words can actually release God's goodness on somebody else's life. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> nice. Nice. Rich works with the, the kids in the detention juvenile center. They need somebody speaking life into them. They need somebody saying, you know, this was your past. You can move past that. You're only 18 years old, boy. You're only 16 years old, boy. Or you're only 14, girl. Your whole life is ahead of you. They need somebody that's going to say, you can move forward. You can move past this. You can overcome that. Come on, somebody. You can rise up. You can mount up like wings of an eagle. You can run and not grow weary. You can walk and not grow faint. You can overcome those things. Say, I am an overcomer. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. Say, I'm an overcomer. So will you take that challenge today? So I wanted to give that to you. How many of you know that today we've been talking about grace and empowerment over the last few weeks? We have some things that we're going to empower today. Is that okay? We're going to empower some things with our words today. Actually, people. I'm going to ask Tom and Linda to come on up here. Now, You guys might be nervous. (sighs) Come on up. I'm going to ask Tom and Linda to go up and be seated right here. I'm going to share a word of the Lord with you today. God bless you. Let's give the Lord some praise for them because they are amazing people. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Timothy. Um, Kate, if you will, let's go ahead and shift. We are going to empower Tom and Linda today. Actually, you guys are stepping in on an ordination service. We're going to ordain them. Now, what we're going to ordain them to be is ministers, pastors of Living Word Fellowship Church. Ministers of the gospel. But it's not just here in this church. It's going to be outside the walls. Go ahead. Give him some praise for that. Hallelujah. Now, I've been through some ordination services, and, and this is probably not a traditional one. I'm not a traditional guy much. Traditions are okay. Um and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I love love traditions in my life. and But when it comes to my relationship with God, I like to keep it fresh. So I want to share with you my heart for Tom and Linda. They've been here for a while. Sometimes you operate in something before you even receive the mantle of it or... The commissioning of it, are you with me? You operate in it. I remember years ago at a workplace, I operated in running the office and and overseeing 16 people that were employed there and managing $26 million worth of the company's money. Before I received a, a position, raise, or job change to bring the finances there, I was already doing it. Are you with me? Tom and Linda have already been pastoring. They've already been overseers. They've already been teaching. They've already been speaking into your lives and many of you here in your lives. But I want to just share with you some scriptures very quickly. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, we are going to empower. We are lining heaven up with earth today. We are lining earth up with heaven today. Are you with me? Because heaven's there. We just got to align earth with it. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, it really talks about in the Scriptures. I do. It actually should be First Timothy 1, 3. It says, I thank God to whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did. I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. These are some things that Paul told Timothy as he identified him. He said, I'm mindful with sincere faith within you that I first dwelt in your grandmother and Lois, your mother, and Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. They have some godly heritage in their family that's coming down, that they are actually able to step into, that they are mantled, that they begin to walk walk with and in. And he goes to verse 7, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and of sound mind. He's not giving us... Oh, I'm in 2 Timothy. I'm sorry, I got ahead. Cade's probably going, what in the world are you doing, pastor? 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7. It's a trustworthy statement that if many man aspires to the office of an overseer, it's a fine work that he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach... Not addicted to wine, pugnaciousness, but gentle, peaceable, free of the love of money. Verse 4. He must be the one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control. Their children are grown and gone. Verse 6. It says, not be a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. You know that condemnation comes from the devil, not God. Verse 7. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that they won't fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. It goes on and it looks at it. Now, let's go to 2 Timothy. Here we go, Kate. Now, now I think I can get us back on track. Sorry about that. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and discipline. Therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, of me, his prisoner. Now, You have to remember, Paul wasn't in prison because he stole an automobile. He was preaching the gospel, the good news. He wasn't there because he had got caught doing drugs and had to go in there. He was there because at that time, preaching about Christ. They said, don't be preaching Christ. He preached about Christ, and they said, it's illegal. Let's put him in chains. Let's bind him up. He goes on, he says, he talks about the suffering of the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. There is a holy calling on this couple today. There has been a holy calling on this couple for quite some time. And today we're recognizing this holy calling. So we, we, he talks about having the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Verse 8, he said, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of testifying of what god has done and is doing in your life a lot of times tatum the enemy will not have you share about the four seasons because we might think we're putting somebody else down but god you've got to share the testimony which god is giving you there is a moaning that goes through the testimony so you might have had to go through the motel six to get to the to the four seasons can i get an amen in this place hello I, i want to go to four seasons i'm like when my turn lord and you know instead of being a whiner about it i'm like i'm next Next! I'm next in line. Give me some of that favor that's there on their life. Are you with me? And they operate in this same favor. There's favor on their life. So he goes on and he, he says, Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of what God is doing and has done in your life. And give that testimony to others. It's your testimony. Sometimes we don't testify because, you know, I don't have one of those magnificent testimonies. You have a testimony and it's your testimony. And it's important and people need to hear that. Verse 9, he says, he's saved us, and he's called us. You were called to this. You were called to this. You were called to this, and he equips those that are called. So you might be able to say, well, you know, I don't know. Gosh, I don't know if I've got the education. I don't know if I've got the qualification. God is the one that qualifies you. He's the one that calls you, and he is the one that equips you with that calling. When you're settled in that, it won't matter. You can learn. You can have as many degrees behind your name as a thermometer. But if you're not called, it's not going to matter. You're called and can have all those degrees. You're called and can have no degrees. And you're still going to be called and equipped because God is the one that called you. Can I get an amen? So he goes on in in, in chapter 2, in verse 1. He says, Therefore, my son and daughter... Son of God, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. Being ordained, I was praying last night about this, and I thought, I need to warn you. <laughs> I need to warn you, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to warn you. But it's almost like when you're, when you're ordained, when you're set apart, when you're commissioned, it's almost like your bullseye went from this to this. Are you with me? It went from little to big. But here's what I know. I think I heard it put the greater the level, the, 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 the bigger the devil, the greater the level. So as you move up in, in your calling and equipping, the, 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 the warfare might be greater, but your weapons are greater too. Can I get an amen? So it nullifies that. So be strong. Tell them be strong. Verse 15. He says, Be diligent to pursue to present yourselves approved as the workman who does not need to be ashamed and accurately handling the truth. Accurately handling the truth. When Paul was commissioning Timothy and speaking words to empower Timothy, he was not only saying, You're called to this, he was also saying, Be strong. Be strong in this. He was also saying, You're approved. You're approved. There will be people that will say, Pastor, I can't believe he's pastoring. I went one place one time to one of the businesses in town, and they said, Are you still there? <laughs> he said, I thought you would have got fired by now. <laughs> I was like, Boy, those are real encouraging words, weren't they? You know what I told them? I said, They didn't hire me. They can't fire me. I said, God's the one that placed me there. And when God says move, I'll move. Come on, somebody, or takes me home or whatever it might be. That's what I'm doing. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. And then in chapter 3, in verse 1, here's the tough part. He tells Timothy, he says, there's going to be difficult times. There's going to be difficult times. If you think being a Christian and walking and living and following the things of Christ is just que Sarah, wonderful, happy day... There are times where it's not. There are times where it's difficult. And I'm not here to tell you that things are just going to be rosy and red. There's going to be some difficult times. But guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's going to be difficult times, but God is your foundation. Christ is the cornerstone. Everything revolves on him, and as you keep that, your feet are going to be on a firm foundation. And just like Peter, when there were difficult times ahead, that, you know, God's going to look at you and say, Sister, I still got this for you to do. Brother, you still move forward. All right? So there's going to be some difficult times. So we talked about there's, there's difficult times. The other thing that we wanted you to look at in, in verse three, verses, uh, chapter 3, verses 11 through 17, he says, continue in the things that you have learned. And he goes on and he says, for you're equipped. You're equipped. In other words, the giftings and the callings the Bible talks about, they're, they're not revocable. God's not going to say, oh, you messed up. I'm going to pull this back from you. Those giftings and callings on your life, you're stepping into. The gifting and callings on your life, through your life's experiences, have brought you to this point right now. Brought them to this point right now. And then in verse 2, or verse 2 in chapter 4, he goes on and he says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. In verse 2 he says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. So the things that I want us to hear, for you to hear today, are three things that I wrote down. Is integrity. There's honesty. There's sincerity. There's faithfulness in these. This couple. There's honesty. There's sincerity. There's faithfulness in them. They have taken on some positions and done some things that have been faithful and faithful and faithful. When everybody else wasn't faithful, you guys were faithful. I think the Bible says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And I believe that can be here on earth, not just in heaven. The other thing is wisdom. This couple has great wisdom. Wisdom. Not only wisdom, but understanding. I've watched them. They're gentle in counsel. They're kind, firm. They're careful in their speech. They have great insight into situations and circumstances. And some of you, if you know Tom, he'll tell you like it is. You know what? You just got to quit doing that. Just get up and pull your boots up and get out there and go go after it. That's that apostolic call on his life. I like that part, you know. There's times where it's like, you know, the count, there's so much that can take place encouraging. There's times where you just got to say, like God did Joshua, get up. Get up and go in and take the promised land. I love you. Be strong and courageous. Now, get your tail up and go on in there and get her done. Turn to your neighbor and say, get her done. <laughs> so not only integrity, wisdom in their wisdom they're always wanting to know what god is going to do in this situation they're not i've never talked to them and they've talked about a hopeless situation or hopeless people they've always said god's in the middle what's he going to do in this situation where are they what well, let's look for god in this deal let's see what he's going to do the other thing is prayer say prayer they seek the lord they look for his counsel they hear his voice. They seek the Lord. They look for his counsel. They hear his voice. They seek the Lord. They look for his counsel. They hear his voice. I'm going to have a couple of guys come on up, if you will, and move this podium out of the way. So today, we're here to line up. We're here to line up earth with what's already taken place in heaven. There was a prophetic word, and we're not doing this to fulfill the prophetic word, but the Lord reminded me this morning about the prophetic word of this would be a year of lining. This would be a year of aligning, aligning. If it's out of line, how many of you know if your body's out of line? Oh, you can't do a whole lot for very long. But as it comes into alignment, we begin to walk in God's destiny plan and His purpose. Okay. So I'm I'm going to have both you guys come on down here this morning. I'm going to have Shelley, Sean, Virginia, Pastor Jerry. There's a scripture and there's a whole teaching of laying on of hands. There is a laying on of hands that things can be imparted to you. There is a laying on of hands that you are commissioned to do something. So that's today. It's not just being imparted. Impartation can handle through hand, can take place through the laying on of hands. Do you want some more, my love? I've got some on my fingers there. I'm just going to ask you guys just to be in agreement with what God's doing today. going to ask you guys just to hold your hands there like I know you love each other very much. I'm just going to anoint you right here, Tom and Linda. We just anoint you, and we commission you, and we ordain you today as being pastors, as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you will spread His good news, that you will go forth today in His power and His might, that you are empowered not only by his word, but the words that we're speaking here. Even the words from previous pastors that said men and women of God will be will be brought out of this congregation, will be brought out of this church, and that we'll be able to begin to serve our community and each other. So, Father, right now, we commission you, we empower you, we set you apart for God's services inside the church and as well as outside the church. It's yet... There is a portion that's for this body, but we also know it's to bring you in alignment of your calling. So, Father, we just bless right now in the name of Jesus, and we set you apart right now in the name of Jesus. We say that the words, the words of God's Word will come forth. God's love will come forth. His goodness, His grace, and His mercy will come forth. That you preach the Word with boldness. We declare this over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, we can give the Lord some praise in the middle of this. I'm going to have Shelly, Sean, I'm going to ask you guys just to lay your hands on them right now. And Father, we just, even as an, uh, an apostolic team, we just come in agreement with everything that's being done here today. We just release your goodness upon their lives right now. We identify this. We protect them. We come around you. I saw the the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart. The wicked one tries to bring against you. Your feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Your belt of truth is there. And God says, I believe it's in Psalms, that he's your rear guard. (laughs) So I saw you being totally, totally submerged in him, totally protected by him. So, Father, we just thank you as we just line this up today in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you have something?
3: Surprisingly, I do. And I'm going to read it. I don't think there's as much anointing on this, but I want to say like God said it. So, Tom and Linda, I see you standing before the Lord and saying, Is there more? Because if there is, I want it all. I see you praying and prophesying, leading and counseling and preaching. God says, I see your heart, and it runs hard after me. And I see your walk, and you watch carefully to go where I lead you. Today you're being set apart and ordained officially into the ministry. You've actually been taking care of this body for a long time. You've been faithful to do the work. Because of your love for the people. Today, you're being set apart and ordained for that reason. God wants you to know He's pleased with you. As you have hungered after God, He's been faithful to nourish you. He wants you to know you are just beginning to walk in the supernatural. And he's going to use you mightily to advance his kingdom. Your heart, yearn, your hearts yearn for God. And he senses your heartfelt affection for him. You know, some people will say they love God, but you show him that you do. So we've gathered here today to see you walk in a new place. The Lord has made for you because your gift makes room for you. And as you come as a team, I am knitting and sewing you together in a sweet package so that others will be able to partake of the wisdom and revelation that flows from you. For you are so different, yet you minister in my love, and you are full of compassion. In the days ahead, I will increase my compassion, and the healings your heart aches to see will happen. This day puts you into a new place and one you may not realize for a while I've put you on the elevator in the basement And now you're in the high rise I'm the one who is exalting you And I am promoting you As you step into this new place, revelation knowledge will overwhelm you And you'll both be able to teach the things that I teach you Today I place on you a blue robe of revelation My word will come alive to you and through you, and I will reveal myself to you. The glory of your house shall be greater in your latter days than in your former. You're just getting warmed up, just beginning what you're here to do.
8: Pastor Virginia puts that so well. (laughs) You don't ever want to follow Pastor Virginia with any sort of anything. (laughs) Um, You know, I I had the opportunity to pray for Linda earlier this week, so we'll let that be what it was. But I, I just want to recognize something, Tom. A few weeks ago, Pastor Eric had you minister on a Wednesday night. And what stood out? It was, it was as, you know, and it was a video. I watched the video and thought it was just, you know, but, it, you know, I was, I was in the parenting class, so I wasn't able to be in on what it was going on. But as you were ministering, it was as if you, as the message, was so loud, I couldn't even hear the words that you were saying. Okay, does that make sense? In other words, the message that you are Your relationship with the Lord, your love for the Lord, your joy of the Lord, all of that was so strong. It was like I couldn't hardly even hear what you were teaching. And it it was so powerful because it doesn't even hardly matter what you say because it's what you are. It's what you are. Um, As pastor, you know, kind of, you know, let me know what was going on. And I was praying about The The thing that just came up as I was praying, was um, from Second 2 Corinthians 2.14, where it talks about the fragrance, that we're a fragrance, that we release that. And you guys, that's just what I see. Everywhere you go, whether it's you to the prisons, whatever hurting people you find, you know, there's such an anointing of healing on your life. But you, you and this pastor, everybody's already said it already, but you just release that fragrance of the Lord, and it brings life, you know, and, Even as we're anointing today, you may not be able to smell it out there. But there's a fragrance on this anointing oil. And even though that may wear off, the fragrance of the Lord that is in you. That who you are and what you are. And it's, it's, you know, when you work with uh, perfumes and chemicals and things, and you pound pound them together to make those scents. I don't know if you've ever gone through and, and read in the Old Testament how they would make that incense that they would use in the tabernacle and the temple, but it involved pounding and grinding. The fragrance you release today has to do with that pounding and grinding. It's that work of the Lord that he's done in you. And now, and and then again, Pastor Virginia, <laughs> next time let me go first. <laughs> the other scripture the Lord gave me was from Acts 13, where it talks about, where they were, the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me. And, and, and I just have such a sense on that. It again, she gives you all the details, so I just add that little bit. So go back and listen to what she said <laughs> to get the rest of the story. But uh, there is such a sense that there's something new. And that's what's so interesting. You know, Pastor talked about that place where we're acknowledging things that you've already been doing. But there's something new. There's something new that may even be something that's a surprise to you about where he's taking you into Just as when paul and silas and the different ones went out It was something completely new. There's something completely new he has for you So so as we lay our hands on you and pray for you today and 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 I hear now hearing the rest of the prophetic word It's because of your hunger It's because of your hunger so he's, he's going to take you into those places, so hold on. <laughs> I think it's one of those high-speed elevators.
4: Do you have anything you want to say? Okay. Do you have anything that you'd like to say? Yeah.
6: Today, as we anoint your part, it takes me back to 15 years ago, two days ago. July 12th, 1998. And I, I can relate to the feelings that you're having, except for I know they're not the same because you guys have been in ministry so much longer than we had 15 years ago. You'd already been doing the work of the ministry for how many years? Did you hear that? 50 years. They've been doing the work of the ministry And Eric and I were just beginning, even though he'd done more ministry. But I didn't know what was inside of me. And you guys don't know what's inside of you. Even 50 years of ministry, God still has something new and fresh and bigger than what you think you know he's going to do right now. So don't put him in a box. Don't confine him after 50 years. Don't think you got him all figured out because he's, he's bigger than what we all have him figured out to be. And he's going to do greater and bigger things than what you can fathom. Amen.
4: I'm going to have you guys go with Shelly, and they're going to go out there. Let's stand to our feet. Let's congratulate them. You guys go with her. We're going We're going to have them be out there. Um, so you guys can shake their hand and congratulate them. We just, First of all, we just want to thank you for being part of this wonderful time in the Spirit. I'm going to ask Pastor Virginia to close us today in prayer. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let us introduce you to him. The greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. If maybe you've made that decision or maybe you've put it on hold and you just say, Look, I just need to get off high center. I just need to move forward with the things of God and I need some prayer to do that. We're here to pray for you today. If you want to receive the gift of the evidence of speaking in tongues, we we believe that we lay hands according to the word of God and you can receive that gift if you've not received that. Maybe you're here today and say, I need... I just need prayer today, Pastor. We just want you to pray for us. We've got prayer teams that will pray for you. We just want to lift you up. But once again, we just want to thank you and we bless you. Virginia, will you close us today?
3: So, wow, God, what a wonderful, wonderful service we've had today because you were here. That's what made it so wonderful. And, Lord, I just thank you for all these people that witnessed what happened today. I thank you for each and every person, God, and the gifts that are in them. I thank you that, that there's so much gifts out there that, that we want to see them operate in and see them use them. And I just thank you for, for each person. And, Lord, I thank you that the words of our mouth are so potent because they come from our spirit. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the spirit, your mouth speaks. And so, God, help us to remember that as we take this challenge, that we want to speak things that present a gift to other people. I ask you to bless the people as we go and bring us back again. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: God bless you. You guys are dismissed. May the Lord bless you.